This morning we're going to do something a little different. Not only are we going to talk about our message, which is entitled Maximizing Your Strength, but we're also going to take a look at the way that God has shaped us, and we're also going to hear testimonies and the experience of the people that have went down on our mission trip to Juarez. Now, if you'll take out your message notes, we're going to be in part two of a series that we started last week entitled Toolbox for Life. Now, in this series, we just want to talk about and give you tools to succeed in life and at work and in school. The first tool that we looked at last week was how to ignore the naysayers. Because every leader and every successful person knows that we have to learn how not to listen to the critic or the naysayer or the skeptics. And we have to learn how to tune them out. Now, this week, we're going to talk about the second skill, which is how to maximize your strengths. The Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 1 that before I shaped you in the womb, I knew all about you. Before you saw the light of day, I had holy plans for you. Now, did you know that God basically determined your life in advance? He shaped you in advance. God's plan for your life didn't start at the moment that you were born. This tells us that it started before you were born. It says that I shaped you in your mother's womb. And the Bible repeatedly says that God planned every day of your life even before you were born, which tells us that no matter what you may believe, you're not here by accident. Your parents may not have planned you. You may have had good, bad, or indifferent parents. Maybe you don't even know your parents, your real parents. But God knew that those parents had the exact DNA, which is 23,000 chromosomes each, and that that would create you. And God was more interested in creating you than he was in their parenting skills because nobody else could have made you. So sometimes he uses even flawed and perfect people to create you. In fact, Psalm 139, listen to what this says. It's just a beautiful verse. It says, you, Lord, made my whole being. You formed me in my, my, my mother's body. I praise you because you made me in an amazing and wonderful way. You saw my bones being formed as I took shape in my mother's body. When I was put together there, you saw my body as it was formed. All the days planned for me were written in your book before I was one day old. Listen to what he says. He says that he formed you. This is not something where when you were born, God said, oh man, I didn't see that coming. No, it says that, that he was intimately involved in your birth. It says here in the scripture that he saw you, that he made you, that he planned you, that he created you, and that he shaped you. So this morning, I want to share five things that describe how God shaped you. In other words, what makes you, you? And if you want to know more why you're here on earth, or if you want to know how, what your purpose in life for, you have to look at your shape because it does reveal that purpose in life. So today we're going to use the word shape to discuss the five different elements of, God, of how God has shaped you. And the first one is the letter S. And the letter S stands for spiritual gifts. Now, the moment that you became a believer, God gave you some spiritual gifts. And spiritual gifts are these supernatural abilities that God gives each of us through the Holy Spirit at the moment of conversion. In other words, at the moment that Jesus comes into our hearts, the Holy Spirit enters in, and then we receive all kinds of talents, special abilities, and multiple spiritual gifts. In fact, the Bible says something about this in 1 Corinthians. It says that each one has his own gift from God, 
One has this gift, another has that. Now, these spiritual gifts that we're talking about are given by God, and they're not for our own benefit, but they're for the benefit of others. These gifts are to be used to minister to the body of Christ. That means the church. They're to be used to build up the church, to advance the kingdom of God. So this morning, I've asked Matt Dietz, our our high school pastor, to come up and share not only about his spiritual gifts, but his experience in Juarez, Mexico. Matt? Thanks, Carlos. Good morning, everybody. How are you all doing? Good? Good. Well, I am just so honored because this is the fifth time that I've been able to go out to Juarez and just experience just the culture and the way that God moves in amazing ways there. And it seems that every time that I go, God finds a way just to reveal a different aspect or he finds just that perfect way to tug at my heart that I wasn't expecting him to do. And before I like to go, I usually sit and I think and I pray about what is it that I'm going to contribute to this team? What is it that going to war is, what is it that God is going to use me to do, either for our team or for the people in war is? And I started to think about my spiritual gifts, and I took a, a test online a, a long time ago, and a couple of my top spiritual gifts are encouragement, administration, and shepherding. And so I, I sat and I thought, well, how can I use encouragement and how can I use shepherding while I'm on this missions trip? And I kind of had it easy starting off because almost half of the group that went was actually youth. We had 11 youth go with us this year. And so being the youth pastor, I figured, oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. It's encouragement. I just have to make funny faces and I'm good, right? They, they laugh and they're encouraged. It's, it's going to be a piece of cake. But as the, the week went on, I remember it was about midweek and I wasn't feeling too well. And I just prayed to God and I remember God speaking and saying, who is it that you are actually here to serve? Are you here to serve the people that you see back home all the time, or are you here to serve me and my people? And it was then that just my heart really, it struggled, and it reformed me to go back into the missions field when I got back to the church and start interacting more with the people there. And it's difficult because I don't speak a whole lot of Spanish. It's more Spanglish than anything else, and I'm pretty sure they mock and make fun of me when I'm trying to say things. But I remember that when I'm encouraging them, whether it's in English or in Spanish or just by the actions, that God does something amazing through this spiritual gift because that encouragement, it doesn't have a language. It's something that is universally understood, and you can just see it transform lives. And I had the amazing opportunity to take it a step further and be a part of something. And we gave gifts to the church this year and actually planting plants for the first time. And we laid down new rock and we painted sides of the wall. And just seeing Pastor Sergio and the members of the church, their faces react and how encouraged they were just by this one simple thing like a tree that we take for granted every day. It just completely changed my perspective. And I remember Pastor Sergio, he said that when you plant things here, that you're growing life. When you plant life, you grow life. And that really encouraged me. And I realized that God doesn't just use my spiritual gifts to affect me and what I want them to do, but he uses them to go out and make a difference. Because most of us, when we do things, when we use our gifts, we think about just the one thing that we're doing. I'm planting a tree. That's easy. It's this one thing. I did my good hour and then I go home. But God uses that gift. God uses what you do there to make a lasting impact in the lives of people around you. And so I challenge you and I just encourage you to think about the spiritual gifts that God's put in your life and to think beyond how it affects you to seeing really the change and the hearts that are shaped through what he is able to do when you give your spiritual gifts to him. So thank you. Thanks, Matt. Can you guys just help me thank him for that? 
Now, if there was a spiritual gift of awesomeness, Matt would have it. That guy is awesome. As you can hear from what Matt was sharing, that we're giving these gifts so that we can be a blessing to other people. Because it shows God's workmanship, it shows his handiwork, and it shows God's power in our lives. Now, the issue with that is that all of you, as you've accepted Christ, as we've heard in this scripture, all of you have spiritual gifts. The problem is that some of you don't know that you have them. And one of the reasons that you don't know that you have them is because you've never actually taken a look at them. It's almost like you've never really unwrapped this beautiful gift that God has given you. God has given you some amazing spiritual gifts, and he wants you to unwrap them. And I have to tell you that the easiest way and the most beneficial way to unwrap them is to, to start serving in ministry, like go on a missions trip. You discover your gifts and what God has put inside of you by getting out and serving and trying different ministries. You may try a ministry and find that it may work or maybe it doesn't work. But the ones that you find are the most fruitful, where you see fruit as a result of your labor, and the ones where people are starting encouraging, really encouraging and telling you that, man, you're good at that, that is a reflection, that is a sign that you are using your spiritual gifts, and that's when you know what spiritual gifts you have. As an example, my top two gifts, besides awesomeness, of course, but my top two gifts are the gifts of shepherding and administration. And I found, just like, like Matt did, I found those out through an assessment that I took. But over the years, I had other people confirm that. I had it confirmed by other believers, by friends, by family when I started to serve God. And here at Canyon Hills, we have a whole class called STEP. And one of those steps, one of those classes is called Discovering Your Shape, where we talk about exactly what I'm talking to you about today, except that in that class, we get to go over more detail. So I want to encourage all of you guys to take that class if you haven't already, because we're not able to cover everything that we should from the pulpit here today. So the S stands for spiritual gifts. And the second one is the letter H, and that stands for the heart. And this is the heart, you know, this is your motivation. This is your interest. This is your passions. You know, we all have seen people and we say, man, that guy, that girl, they're passionate about that area because it's at the core of who you are deep down inside. This is what gets you up in the morning. This is what you love. And we all have different kinds of passions, all different kinds of loves. They're all there for different reasons. So this morning, you know, there was a young man that went on our trip. We had a lot of young, 11 people, but they're all so passionate. It just brings life into a team. Well, this morning, I've asked Zach Zeman to come up and just share more about his heart and his first time out on the missions field. Zach? So when it comes to Christianity, we as Christians, we talk about heart a lot, whether it's a heart for worship, a heart for service, for God, or whatever you devote your heart to. We all find something that fills up our heart. When we refer to heart, we're usually talking about love. If you have a heart for something, you love to do it. So if you have a heart for worship, you love to worship. Um, before coming on this trip, I was told several times, prepare my heart for this trip. But the whole idea kind of confused me. How do you make your heart ready for a trip like this? How do I prepare for this? I found myself on the plane ride there still not knowing how I was supposed to have prepared or if I was ready. But a few days into the trip, I finally figured out what my heart was supposed to be ready for. It was love, huge amounts of love that you're exposed to in wars that shines to the people and God and through our team. When I was told to prepare my heart, it simply meant open up my heart for all the love that was going to come in. You can't be on this trip with a closed heart and still be affected spiritually. So throughout the week in wars, we had a lot of projects. We helped build stuff, we fixed roofs, and just a lot of activities where we had fun playing with the kids. 
the, the kids there are a perfect example of how her heart should be. They have so much love in them, more love than I've ever seen in my whole life. They have so much love for God, and in the end, we end up learning from them and how to better our relationship with God. If we all had hearts like the children in Warith, life would be amazing. We would constantly be surrounded by God's love and presence. It doesn't get much better than, this here, than that here on this earth. But those kids, they all, with their big hearts, they also use them to find the best in anything. They find passions and activities that we look over all the time. For example, we had a soccer tournament, and those kids, they do not get tired. They could play soccer all day without getting bored because their hearts are always satisfied with what they have. Yet nowadays, soccer and other activities that we pass by never seem like enough for us. They find love in the little that they have there. But here in the U.S., we never seem satisfied with the love that we have because we think God's love just isn't enough for us. That earthly love is better, that we can find love in other things. But that love's only temporary. What about when our lives are over? Where is the earthly love then? God's love is all we will, we will ever need. The people of Juarez know this. It's where they truly get their big hearts. We need to stop looking for the limited love here on earth and truly open up our hearts and seek the love of God. Thank you. Amen. Thanks, Zach. You know, I have to tell you that I was really encouraged throughout the week because, like I said, we had some passionate team members. But I have to tell you that this guy over here named Zach, I mean, uh, Zach, but by Will, Will, just raise your hand. If I know a passionate kid using his passions for God, that's one of them. And Zach, I mean, they would go out in the mornings before I would wake up, and I wake up pretty early there, and they were out there praying on their knees. It was just beautiful to watch, and I have to tell you guys, because I didn't, uh, you guys encouraged me a lot throughout that trip. You know, we, we all have different passions, and, and, you know, some of you guys love sports, some of you guys love to fix things, some of you guys love video games or, or numbers, you know, whatever your love is, they truly make up who you are, and they're all, they're all wonderful, but have you guys ever noticed that there are some things that really interest you while other things just really bore you to tears? Have you ever noticed that there are some things that really excite you and other things that you could just care less about? Have you ever thought about, I mean, where, where does that come from? Well, it comes from the fact that God put inside you this, this innate desire, this innate passion for certain things that interest you. And God put those passions in your heart for a couple of reasons. The first one is so that you may enjoy them, so that you may enjoy life and have hobbies and things like that. But the main reason he put them there is for his benefit, so that we can use them for his glory. And he did this because he wants you to be you. Because only you can be you. I mean, you may not know this, but every single one of us has a unique heartbeat. Just like a unique thumbprint or an eye print. We all have this, this unique uh, heartbeat. And it's this unique emotional heartbeat that God put inside of you. And God wants that to come out because that is the real you. You know, the person that you may be sitting next to this morning probably has different passions than you do. And that's totally perfect. Look at what Proverbs says. It says that, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Now, we need to guard our hearts for many reasons, but one of them is because there's going to be people all over this world that will look at your passions and that will look at your dreams, and then they'll want to dismiss them. They'll want to belittle them or maybe even deny them. And some of them may even try to destroy them. And God doesn't want that for you. God wants the real you to be able to stand up, to step up into ministry, and to serve him. So the Bible says that you have to guard your heart because of that. And if we all had the same heart, 
And if we all had the same passions and desires, there's a lot of things that you would agree wouldn't get done around this world, right? So thank God that we all have different things that we love because those are all the different things that God can use for his glory and for his kingdom. So next, the A stands for abilities. The A in shape stands for abilities. And those are natural abilities. These are the natural abilities that you were given the moment that you were born. And everybody gets some natural abilities. In fact, Romans chapter 12, 6 tells us that God has given each of us the ability to do certain things well. Notice that it says certain things well. It doesn't say that I gave you the ability to do everything well. Some people may think they do everything well, but this tells us that only certain things well. So this morning, I've asked Matt Vargo to come and just share more of his abilities. And also, this was his first time down in Mexico, so I want him to tell you his experience down there as well. Matt? Thank you. Most of you already know me. Uh, I'm on stage all the time. You're familiar with this face up here. Um, but I've been going here for eight years, uh, and this was my first time going to Juarez. Uh, so since I've been here eight years, I've heard all kinds of the Juarez recaps like you guys are hearing today. Um, so I heard a, you know, a lot of stories and a lot of stories that uh, were very similar as far as what people experienced down there. Um, but what I tried to do going into this trip was keep my expectations pretty open. I, I, I wanted, when I got down there, to take in the things I saw, not through someone else's eyes who I had heard from, but I wanted to just experience it for myself. So uh, some people were asking me, are you excited about Juarez? And I'm just like, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, keep my expectations open here. Um, so Carlos asked me to be the photographer for the trip, which I kind of uh, figured would, would happen because I love to shoot photography. Uh, and I was already getting excited about what I was going to see down there and get to take pictures of. Um, and just so you guys know, photography is a hobby I've had for about 10 years, maybe a little more. Um, but last year is the first time I ever got paid to do any photography. So it's not a job for me. It's something fun. It's something I like to do just because it brings me joy. Um, so as you guys saw on the slideshow that week, we did all kinds of um, different projects um, throughout the week. And on Tuesday especially, it was a big work day. We went out into the community and do a couple different uh, places. We split our team up into four groups, um, and uh, there's a lot of hard work stuff. Like uh, Bob's going to tell you more about that, but um, a lot of physical labor, um, except me, of course. Uh, my job was to travel to each location where the group was and take pictures of all of it so that we have, you know, documentation for what, what we did down there. Um, but, you know, I mean, as fun as it is to watch Matt Deeks, Matt Deeks mix, mix, I can't talk, mix uh, cement, um, you know, I actually felt a little bad here behind the camera watching everyone else get sweaty in the sun and doing this hard work. Because um, after all, I figured in a missions trip, this is the time you go to get outside your comfort zone, um, you know, to let God work through you and, and, you know, go through some hard stuff that maybe you don't like. Um, that's the point of the missions trip, right? So I started to feel like I'm not really contributing to this team. Everyone else is, is doing this hard work, and here I am taking pictures, you know. The next day, Wednesday, uh, is when we did the lice clinic. And um, I've never done that, and I think most of our group had never done that. And de-licing is not maybe the most fun and glamorous thing in the world. Um, you know, so I'm looking around the room, and I mean, we've got our hair nuts on, and hair nets, gloves, people are washing hair, you know, pulling the lice, cutting hair. I think even some of the high school boys had never cut hair in their life, and here they are cutting a stranger's hair. Um, so, I mean, everyone here is outside their comfort zone. I don't, I don't know anyone, anyone whose comfort zone is de-licing. Um, 
But here I am behind the camera, right in my comfort zone. Like, this is exactly where I like to be. And I really started to feel guilty at this point of the trip. Like, God's not, I'm not letting God use me like these other ones. They're all getting outside their comfort zone, and I'm sure they're learning. And here I am just doing what I already like to do. Um, well, that evening, well, each evening we had a debrief before we go to bed, but we had a devotional that night, and the person who led it at the end said, why don't we just take a couple minutes to pray and just listen for God's voice uh, to speak to you, and uh, I closed my eyes, and I mean, I heard God's voice the way that I haven't many times in my, in my spiritual walk with him, and he said, Matt, would you rather me have sent somebody else? Is the, is the photography job not a good enough job for you to do? on this trip? And so, of course, the answer to that is, no, God, I, I don't want you to send somebody else. I'm glad that I'm here. I want to be the trip photographer. So, of course, at that point, it's like, okay, I get it, God. Like, this is what I'm here for. So, the next day, Thursday, of course, I had a lot more fun taking pictures, <laughs> um, because now God had given me a whole new meaning and purpose for what I already liked to do and, and could do. Now, it's God's using my ability of photography to do his work. And I, know, I now have, that is my purpose on this trip. I don't have to feel bad um, that I'm not doing what, what somebody else is doing. Um, so of course I thought I had no expectations going into the trip, but of course I did. And God of course flipped those around as, as he knows how to do. So um, just because of this trip and this experience, I now know that I can serve God even if it's holding the camera, clicking the shutter. So thank you. Thanks, Matt. Matt Vargo is a perfect example of how God can take your passions for something and your natural abilities and just use it for his glory. The reason we have this wonderful slideshow is because of him, so thank you, Matt. And thanks to your wife as well, Nadia, who's much better at everything that you are. And uh, <laughs> it, it was glad, I'm glad that she was with us. Well, the point to this is that it is, some of you guys, like Matt, may be an artist, and some of you like to create, or some of you are mechanical, some of you like to maybe do software, some of you are amazing architects, you know, some of you are teachers, hairstylists, makeup artists. You're born, some of you are born with these leadership skills or these leadership abilities. You know, the point and the fact is that these all different kinds of abilities, God wants to use for his glory and his kingdom, and he will. He will use them to build them up, to build up his church and to further the work here on this planet. You know, th there's this book that's called 21 Outrageous Lies That We Tell Our Kids. And in this book, it talks about all these different lies that we tell them. For example, we tell our kids that you can be anything you want to be in this world. But the problem with that is that we perpetuate this lie that they start to think that they can do everything in this world. But have you guys ever seen American Idol and the traditions and the tryouts? I mean, somebody lied to some of these people, right? I mean, I, as I watch them, I start thinking, I'm like, where's their friends? Where's their family? Where's the people that love them enough to say, hey, buddy, you can't sing? So instead of telling your kids, or even instead of telling yourself that you can do anything that you want to be, tell yourself the truth of what God says. And here's what God says. He says, you can be anything, absolutely anything that I created you to be. Amen? You guys don't sound convinced, but that's okay. Because when God is in it, God has created you to be who he's made you to be. And when you embrace that, then you can do anything. 
So sometimes the greatest thing, the greatest discovery that you can make is finding out what you can't do so that you can focus and that you can concentrate on what you can do because all of us are different. So the A stands for abilities and next, the P stands for personality. So we have spiritual gifts, we have a heart, we have abilities, and P is for the fact that God has given us all a unique personality. The fact is that God uses introverts as much as he uses extroverts. He uses organized people and disorganized people. He uses people that love routines and people that just love to fly by the seat of their pants. God uses all of these things that he's made you to be for his glory and to advance his kingdom. And once we place them in God's hands and we accept them, then God can really start to use them. So this morning I've asked Bob Hoppy who formerly was in our elder board, but he's been going on this trip for quite a long time, so he has an interesting perspective on Juarez, so I wanted to tell you all about it. Bob? Good morning, everybody. Shelley and I have had the privilege of going on this trip for 10 years or so. We've done quite a few of these trips, and we have always been blessed by this, but many have said to me, well, you guys are just natural missionaries. Well, Shelley may be, but this guy isn't a natural missionary. God is using me... Um, on these trips. And today I just want to share a little bit about personality and how God uses my personality. For those of you who know me, you know that I love to serve. That is something that I do enjoy. I love to serve. I love building teams of people to serve and being part of a team effort. So on these trips, we took 27 people. 11 of them are high schoolers and teenagers, uh, a lot of adults. And we just build a bond and a friendship that is amazing. We get to do some of the greatest projects as we're there. My personality is I'm a little bit of a task guy. I, I'm, I'm moved by tasks, so I end up as, as somebody in construction who creates the construction projects and things that we're going to do. I'm a list guy, and so I get to kind of get together with these teams and start to work through what it is that we're gonna do. We did a bunch of stuff, and I love for you always to be aware of what it is that we do while we're gone, because there is many opportunities that we get to serve. And everybody who goes gets to be part of a team and many teams throughout the week doing some of these things. We get there on Monday and we begin by canvassing the neighborhoods. We are literally just walking through the streets of the community around the church and we're passing out flyers and we're greeting people and we're sharing with people and we're side by side the whole time we do these trips with the people of the church. So there's local kids, there's local adults. We all get together and we all go canvassing and we just hand out flyers. We got to do some construction projects. Every year we do construction projects and many of them are on the church campus, but this year we got to get outside the church campus. Sergio had decided, you know, I wanna branch out, I wanna touch our community this year. And there were several needs that were part of the community that we were able to go serve. They had a church member whose roof, they have flat roofs and it was just an asphalt type rollout roof that had blown off in a big windstorm and was gone. And he had black tar paper and in fact he had been injured while he was up there trying to repair his roof. So he had no roof to speak of. His family, their house had no roof to speak of. We were able to go over there, repair the, the plywood, repaper it, and roof that roof, which was really amazing. There was a, you saw him digging holes and pouring concrete. There was a, a chain link fence that we were able to erect around a single mother's home who has three girls under the age of 14 to give her just a little bit of extra security around that home. So they were able to uh, put up a chain link fence. 
There was a church family member who just found out on two days' notice that they needed to move immediately, relocate their house. Again, this is a mom trying to do this with her kids. We were able to use a team of our people, our kids, our adults, and move this mother and this family, which was a real true blessing to her. We had a, a hair clinic, as I like to call it. We always talk of the lice, but we do that as part of the clinic. But going back to Zach's point earlier, the hair clinic is a day of love. Everybody on this team gets to participate in touching and caring for these people. We do everything from de them to wash their hair to cut their hair. But most of all, we hug on them and love on them, and they just are blessed throughout the day. So we do that throughout one day. You saw the plants that we got to put in. The church is 10 years old this year. It didn't have a single plant on it. didn't have a tree. didn't have any kind of greenery. We got to do that. We got to do some painting. Several of the people painted the outside of the building, painted in the kitchen. We got to uh, spread rock throughout this uh, dirt lot that's adjoining the sanctuary, kind of next to their courtyard. This is kind of a desert down there. It's very windy at times, very dusty. So when you cover that dirt area with rock, you really do provide something that kind of keeps all that down. So there's a whole bunch of other things that we got to do, but most of all, the beauty of it is, is we do it as a team. We do it as a team of servants who just get out on the Lord's behalf and say, Lord, first and foremost, we serve you. And secondly, we just get out there and serve the people of Juarez. So as one who is not a natural missionary, I encourage each of you in this room, that's what God does with me every year on this trip. The reason I go back year after year is I love watching how God transforms lives, both our lives and their lives, as we just join God in his work. So thank you. Thanks, Bob. It's amazing to me how, how God can take people's personalities like Bob's and just use them to lead teams. There's, all we do is teams related over there. So with Bob's help, it's, 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 it's a lot, he makes our jobs a lot easier. But also with his wife, Shelly, I don't know if you guys know this or have heard, but Bob and Shelly are our new missions coordinators here at the church. And they've taken a step of faith to just kind of help us with all the missions. So I'm excited for what lies ahead for all of us. But Shelly, specifically, uh, Bob's wife, uh, this is our 10th year anniversary of going down to Juarez and helping plant that church. So to me, it was very special to go back and have a, a wonderful team with great personalities to go and minister 10 years later and just to celebrate and see all that God has done. So I wanted to thank you both for, for allowing God to use you in that way. But when it comes to, uh, to talking about personalities, psychologists have told us that there are 16 unique personality types. And, but within those 16 unique personality types, there are hundreds, if not thousands of variations, all based on environment, passions, education, experiences, and upbringing. So the fact is that God loves variety, and when you have the Holy Spirit in your life, it's difficult to categorize your personality because God is constantly redeeming every aspect of who you are. He's redeeming your personality. He's redeeming those experiences, even the ones that you, used to, that you struggle in life with. So this morning, I want us to take a real quick personality test, just a real quick. This is the interactive part where you get to raise your hand, so follow along, okay? So as an example, let's take swimming as an example. How many of you guys just like to dive right into the pool or cannonball in or whatever? You're, you're just ready. I'll just, a few of you. Some of you guys just like to uh, just, you know, touch your toe in the water and feel it out. And how many of you guys do that? Okay, the rest of you can care less. Okay, how many of you... <laughs> When it comes to playing games, you, you, you're just highly competitive. That means, I mean, it doesn't matter. You, you play for all of you. Jeez. Uh, 
you play for high stakes. There might be somebody in the room. It doesn't matter. You might, you might be somebody that you love them, but you know you're going to take them down. That's you guys, right? <laughs> How many of you guys just like to play for fun? Oh, it doesn't matter. We could play for pennies. It's all about just having fun, right? When it comes to organization, how many of you guys love to be organized? How many of you guys think the pile in the corner is your organization, right? <laughs> See the different types of personalities? How many of you guys are night people? Thank you guys for being here this morning. How many of you guys are morning people? You're like, oh, it's morning. Let's wake up. Let's take on the day. Just a few of you. Still a lot of people who could care less. How many of you say... You know what? I'm a little shy. Uh, how many of you guys are extroverts? You guys, hey, what's going on, everyone? That's good. How many of you guys are introverts? You're even having a hard time raising your hand right now? <laughs> because true introverts wouldn't raise their hand. We know that, but we love you guys anyway this morning. How many of you guys that are married married the opposite person? Right? <laughs> the point is that God uses different personalities to work in the world and to do all kinds of things. 1 Corinthians 12, 6 says that God works to different people in different ways. So your character can change over time, but fundamentally your personality will not change over your lifetime. And we just need to understand that and we need to accept that, especially in others. So here's the five things that make you you. The first one is spiritual gifts. What am I gifted to do? The second one is heart. What do I love to do? What are my passions? The third one are your natural abilities. What am I naturally good at? The fourth one is your personality. What do I like to do and how do I like to do it? And the last one is the letter E and that stands for experiences. It stands for experiences. And of, of course, God uses all kinds of experiences in your life. The first experiences that he uses to shape you are your family experiences and God can use them for good in your life, even the bad ones, if we all give it up to him and give him all the pieces. So this morning, I've asked Shali Molina to come up here, and I think this is her second time down in Mexico, and she has a perspective of how she used her experiences down in Juarez. Can you just yes. help me welcome her? Hello. <laughs> so most of you know me. I'm Shelly Molina, but for those of you who don't, I've been married for 11 years. I have five kids, and I am a grandmother of one grandson, and I've been in ministry for nine years. My experiences in Juarez was a blessing from God. I was able to help out during the hair and lice clinic, where this year I was delicing the women and children. It broke my heart to see Dora, a lady that God put on my heart so strongly last year, come in with a three-week-old baby. As soon as she saw me, she waved to me and handed me her baby so she could comfort her three-year-old who was getting her hair treatment. As I was holding this beautiful little girl, I was just thinking, why does a three-week-old baby just out of her mother's womb have lice? God is so amazing. At that moment, a peace came over me, and I felt so much compassion for her and all the women and children. God was shaping me to be strong for them. I was also given the opportunity to tell my testimony to the women. This was very hard for me since <clears throat> only, a, sorry, only a handful of people know my past, but God knew it would speak to many of the women. Before I knew God, I was heartbroken, I had no self-esteem, and I thought my, my life was worth nothing. God changed my life and shaped me to the woman I am today, but I didn't realize it until last week when my past 
was what some of these women were going through today. I had no idea I was gonna to speak to so many women and help them with their walk with Christ. There was not a dry eye in the room, and at that moment I knew that I went through this, went through all of this, so I could be here today to help anyone who has gone through life broken and abused. I realized God shaped me into the mentor and godly woman to be an example for the weak, broken, and afraid. So I encourage you to allow God to shape, to shape you to the person you can be to help others of our broken world. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Shelly Molina did an amazing job sharing her testimony. If I were to ask you this morning to raise your hand if you were hurt in school, I think every hand would go up, right? Because we've all been hurt by something or someone. It's just part of life. But I'm here to tell you this morning that God even uses those hurts to shape you. God uses all experiences to shape you, from vocational experiences to educational to spiritual experiences. But the number one kind of experience that God uses to shape you for your purpose in life is painful experiences. More than anything else in life, God uses painful experiences to get your attention to shape you. You know, God whispers to us in our, in our pleasure, but sometimes he shouts to us in our pain. It's almost like God's, God's megaphone is, is the pain. And I can't tell you how many people that I've met and I know who were going in a specific direction until they felt some pain and all of a sudden they switched directions. Because we don't change when we see light. We change when we start to feel heat. So God even uses the pain for good in our life. He doesn't have to cause it because there's plenty of pain in the world, but he can bring it for good. Deuteronomy says that remember what you have learned about the Lord through your experience with him. He's telling us that God wants you to learn from your experiences, not to be bitter, but to be better. And in Romans chapter 8, verse 28 is a very popular verse that I think most of us know, where it says that all that happens to us is working for our good if we love God. Everything is not good in the world, and we know that. Because we, we see cancer and terrorism and evil and suicide. And there's a long list of things that aren't good. But it, it, it's only working for the good, the Bible says, of those who love God. The Bible doesn't tell us that everything is good. He tells us that everything is good for those who love God and is working for the good of those who love God. For those of us who can take our pieces, our broken pieces, and give them back to God. And then we ask God, God, can you bring good out of bad? Can you turn a crucifixion into a resurrection? Can you turn darkness into light? Can you turn evil into good? Can you do something with this mess in my life when I make bad decisions? And God comes to you and he says, yes, I can. I can do that and I can even do more. I can use it to shape you and to, to give you a purpose in life. And the first thing that you have to do to maximize your strengths and to become what God has made you to be, the first thing, obviously, is to discover your shape. Because once you discover it, then you can start to accept it. You can start to accept who you are because that's how God made you. Once you accept it, then you can enjoy it. And folks, once you start enjoying how God made you, then you start using it, and you start using it for his glory. 
The Bible says in Psalms, from where he sits, God overlooks all of us on earth. He has shaped each person and now he watches everything that we do. Folks, one day we're all going to stand before God and he's going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? And what are we going to say? Hey, thanks God for everything you gave me. I had a great time. I made a lot of money. I bought a bunch of houses and I had a great retirement. Thank you. No. God put you here to fulfill your shape and to fulfill your purpose. God has given you a shape, and now you have to give it back to God because then he can use it in a great way. In fact, Romans tells us that offer every part of your body to God to be used in doing good. Because when you do that, I have to tell you that you're going to be more fulfilled. If you're looking for fulfillment in your life, if what you're doing right now isn't working for you, then discover your shape. Start to use it. Then you will be fulfilled. You'll enjoy life more. You'll be more fruitful. You'll be successful in your life because you're doing exactly what you're shaped to do. You know what God can do when a group of people get together to use their shape for his glory? We just had 27 people return, and like everybody just spoke to you about their experiences, used their gifts and their talents and their shape all the way through the week, and it was all culminating to one last day, and that was Saturday night down in Mexico. On Saturday night, there was to be this big event that was a professional theatrical performance of the Passion of the Christ. It was a two-hour performance, and Sergio's church was one of three churches selected down in Juarez, in all of Juarez, to have this whole set performance. I'm not sure how he got selected, but God was at work there as well. And we didn't get to be there because we left Saturday morning, but everything that we did kind of uh, culminated at this event. That's why we invited people in the community and well, I got the news back from Sergio this week, and here's the results of that. He said he had over 250 people show up to this event. That's not including kids, and if you know Mexico and you count the kids, who knows how many were there. <laughs> but the most important is not how many people showed up. The most important to me is that 30, over 30 people, they said they lost count, but over 30 people raised their hand to accept Christ for the first time. That, yes, you can clap for that. You know, sometimes the stuff that we do, we're not going to get to see the end result. We get to hear about it. We don't get to witness it. We didn't see it. And all that because of a group of obedient people said yes to developing and using their shape for God's glory. And I have to tell you that as one of your pastors, I deeply want that for each and every one of you. I want your life to be fruitful. I want your life to be successful and fulfilling. But it's not going to happen if you're trying to be something that you're not. You know, if you're young here this morning and you're going to school and, and everyone's throwing things at you of how you should be, look at the way that you're shaped and accept that from God because that is the only answer to whatever it is that you may be going through right now. So I want to encourage all of us to respond to God this morning, to respond to his word, to plant it in our hearts, and that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind as we walk out of these doors. Don't walk out of these doors the same person that you walked in. Start to understand your shape and start to use your shape. Will you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we know that you gave us a mind that we may know. 
You gave us emotions that we may feel your love and even express love back to you. And you gave us, Father, free will that we may choose to follow you or commit to you. So this morning, if in your heart you want to just commit yourself to discovering what your shape is, I just want you to repeat this in your heart, silently in your heart, and say, God, I I want to be what you made me to be. I want to discover my shape, and I want to accept my shape. Lord, I want to enjoy my shape. I want to develop it, and I want to start serving other people with it. Lord, I ask you to make my life fulfilling, as fruitful as I become what you've made me to be. Father, you know the good and the bad and the ugly of my situation. So, Father, I turn it all over to you. And as best as I know how, I ask that starting right now, you would make the rest of my life the greatest period in my life. Father, and we ask all these things humbly that you would change us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.